Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. What I want to talk about right now is being sold out. It's our, it's a week four of being sold out. And whenever you asked me to preach on this message, I was, I was so ecstatic. I was so excited. And, uh, what I want to, uh, go into is the second Timothy four seven is like the, well, you can, I'm going to put it right now as the second Timothy four seven, but you can put it in your back pocket for later on. I just want to introduce that. It says second Timothy four seven says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And since you can put that in your back pocket and I'm going to keep on going. It, uh, the title of this series is called Sold Out Through Discipline. And let me pray before I get into the actual message because it's always good to pray. Father God, I, I ask you to uh, permeate this room, God. Permeate my life, God, that, and, and let me speak to the best of my ability. Let me connect with every single person in here, God. I ask that you bless every single person in here. You anoint my words that nothing of myself comes out except from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So since it's sold out through discipline, every time you have something, a topic like discipline or or anything like that, you always got to give what the definition of it is. I'm not going to go Greek or Hebrew on you, but uh, I just looked it up on the dictionary just like some people do. It's awesome. Uh, Discipline is training that corrects, molds, or perfects moral character. It's behaving in a way that requires a willingness to obey rules or orders. It's a side note. How many of you like movies? I know I love movies. Like, people raising their hand, it's okay. I love movies. I haven't been watching as many movies as, as I like to watch because I'm like a movie fanatic, but I've been really busy. And I love, but especially for movies, I love watching movies about, like, and the underdog, the underdog, not under God. But the underdog actually uh, preparing himself for a goal in mind, and he's just preparing himself. It's like movies like Rocky. Like, I love how he has, like, dun, 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 and he has all that kind of moves. And, and, and then also Batman, I, I got to put, like, superhero in there. But he has to train himself to become a superhero. And also The Matrix, just a side note, I couldn't think of another uh, movie. But uh, he has to train himself to fight, like, some computer programs or something like that. I'm not sharing a message on Matrix. But <laughs> but all of these movies uh, have one thing in common is they require discipline for them to meet their goal. They require discipline in order for them to uh, become greater at something. And that's so true right now is all have discipline in the movies to become greater at something. And uh, real life examples of just like we do, we have to have uh, discipline in order for us to become greater at something. Some examples are the musicians. How many of y'all loved uh, worship tonight? It was great, wasn't it? Yeah. They did a great job. Uh, I'm always proud of them because they're, they're really awesome. I know, I know most of them personally. Uh, but Josh, he has, he's a musician and he's, he's great at playing his guitar. I, I don't have the discipline or the training to go up and play the guitar. I'm just going to be strumming it like I do, I do a lot. I just go up and strum the guitar and pretend I'm like the best that there is. There's uh, also singers. It's Micah. She did a great job at singing as well. And uh, she's, she has a natural-born talent to sing, but she has to practice and, and make herself sound better and, and, and train herself, prepare herself, have discipline in order for herself to sound better and uh, so she can sing to the best of her ability. And also athletes. If you play sports, I know Pierce play, uh, wrestles. He has to train himself 
just as an example, he has to train himself to the best of his ability in order for him to increase in his ability to wrestle and increase in anyone for football. Maybe uh, you're in tennis. I know I played tennis and I have a fellow tennis member in here. But you had to train yourself in order to become better. You had to play with the best of your ability. You had to keep on practicing. You had to train yourself, discipline yourself. And that's what you have to do to become better at something. And also riding. I love riding now. Uh, I don't do it as much as I said, like, like I watch movies. But in order for you to become a better rider, you need to uh, write more often. You need to train. And I, I was recently looking at uh, an essay that I wrote in like eighth grade. And it was terrible. It was, it was, it was just the worst essay that I, I've ever written. Probably. I don't know. But that, that was my starting point as, as a writer. I had to increase in my ability to write. I had to get better. You, you can't become better at something unless you have a starting point. Just like, just like in discipline, you have to have a starting point. And just like I gave the real life examples of, of musicians and, and writing and, and also with movies, your spiritual walk is also tied into discipline, becoming greater at something. And, uh, I know people like, they're like, how many of you are Christians in here? Just raise your hand. I like to do that, uh, for Students for Christ, uh, clubs just to see. Who, who's going to say that they are a Christian? <clears throat> and usually people like, there's, there's some people like, oh, he's like, I'm not, I'm not a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. Like, <laughs> like they're like, I'm a disciple, but it's all the same to me because Christians, they, they were called Christians back in the, in the, in the days and back in the gap. They had, uh, <laughs> it says in order for you to become a disciple or a Christ follower, you need discipline to become one. That the disciple is actually in the word discipline. So I'm, not, I'm no genius, but I'm guessing that it requires discipline to become a disciple. And what does uh, becoming a disciple look like? For me personally, I, I'm a guy, so I love I love war. I mean, I don't like people dying in war, but <laughs> just but <laughs> this service is anointed. Okay, so I love personally. I love. Uh, wrestling with my friends. I love wrestling with my brothers. I'm just a guy. I like to do that kind of stuff. So, and how many of y'all seen the movie 300? See, yeah, it's not a church movie. Put your hands down. No, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not talking about that either. Okay. So in order for you to become better, just like warriors, they, they train themselves, they discipline themselves according to what their goal is. Maybe they have to win a war. They have to discipline themselves accordingly. They have to fight hard. They have to have strict training in order for them to become better at uh, fighting a war or be, or meeting their goal. And some, the, the enemy in our, uh, in our battle, in our Christian walk is the devil in ourselves. And the devil sometimes wants us to believe that we're not good enough to be disciplined in an area, be a disciple in an area, be a Christ follower, or, or even get better at being a Christ follower. <clears throat> so discipline leads us to become greater than what everyone else thought we could be. Where if, if anyone uh, believes that you're not going to be better in the future or anything like that, even yourself, sometimes we have so much uh, low self-esteem that it's hard for us to become better in our, in our, our Christian walk, to become uh, exceedingly better and in, in, in a greater altitude in our walk. Uh, some examples of that is, uh, I'll, I'll just do another movie, is uh, Michael Orr in The Blind Side. I, I love that movie because it portrays uh, like going from nothing to something. And in his life, 
he came from, I don't know if you know who Michael Orr is, but, or if you've seen the movie, but he actually came from the projects. He had a, a terrible uh, family life. He had a financial issues. And then someone took him in. And in order for him to uh, go to college, in order for him to uh, play football in, in, a, in a good school, he had to meet the grades. He had to be educated and uh, follow it accordingly. So he had the, the determination, the, the motivation, and the drive in order for him to play football, in order for the, him to meet his goal. He had to uh, train himself. He had to educate himself. He had to sacrifice time, sacrifice hours and energy in order to meet his goal. He had to, uh, he had to study. He had to meet the grades. And also another one in my notes, uh, I made it wrong. I put Michael Jackson, but it's actually Michael Jordan. <laughs> Yeah, I had to cross it out and put haha. But uh, my, <laughs> Michael Jordan actually is one of the determining factors of, of discipline because in his high school career, everyone knows who Michael Jordan is. I don't know if you don't, you live under a rock, I guess. I don't but Michael Jordan, he, he was actually, he, he's a, he was a professional uh, basketball player. He got so many awards. He's probably known as like the best basketball player. And yet whenever he was in high school career, his first, his Whenever he tried out for his high school basketball team, he was not only like not voted in once but twice. If I was his friend, I'd be like, "Dude, just give up already. You suck." Like, like that kind of stuff. Like, like don't play anymore. And but he had the determination, the perseverance in order. In order, he's like, "Nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in, the, in this basketball team." He's like, I, "I have the determination to do it." So now he's known as the best basketball player in the world. I guess I don't know. Uh, <laughs> So, all right. So I know I'm talking about sold out through discipline, sold out. Uh, this is a week four. It's sold out through something that pertains to God in some way. So I love asking how whenever someone preaches a message like how, okay, how do I become sold out through discipline? I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> Number one is uh, you have to stay focused. You have to have your eyes on the prize in order to, to be sold out through discipline. In order for you to... Be sold out through discipline. You have to have your eyes on the prize. You, you didn't know what you're going after. Just like in uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. It's a long verse. I'm going to read it to you. It says, do, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? <clears throat> run in such a way that's to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. As he says it, it says, they do it, to, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And I don't know if you know at the time, but in Corinth, uh, the church of Corinth, they actually had uh, foot races and, and games, and it was the, almost, the fam- it's always, almost as famous as the actual Olympic Games. So we use that to relate that of uh, getting a prize, of staying focused on something. Let me get some water. Good water. All right. It's a stay focused on something. You got to have your eyes on the prize. In order for you to ex- uh, accelerate in your Christian walk, you need to know what you're going after. Are you going after Jesus or are you going after your own earthly desires? Uh, I, I love this quote. I don't know what it was from, but it says, Live for what is recorded in heaven and care nothing for what is recorded on earth. Are you going to live uh, your earthly desires? Are you going to seek that? Or are you going to s- seek the kingdom of heaven? Are you going to seek Jesus? Just like Peter 
he, he saw God, and, and whenever he got out of the boat, he, he sought God in, in, in his eyes, and he focused on what was in front of him. And uh, so it says, how do I become sold out through discipline? Is number one, stay focused and have your eyes on the prize. Number two is be intentional. And that one for me right now is so hard, is be intentional in how you stay disciplined. I love to sleep. <laughs> how, how many of you love to sleep? There we go. There we go. I'm, so I'm preaching to the choir right now. All right. So in order for you to be disciplined, you need to set a goal, stay focused on something, but you also have to be intentional. Seeking God is not by accident. You have to set a, like, in the mornings, just like Jesus did whenever he woke up to, uh, to go pray for everyone, pray for himself. He woke up early in the morning, and that's what I try to do and I sometimes fail at doing is because I set five alarms in the morning. I know it sounds a lot, but I love to sleep. <laughs> and I would, I would wake up in the morning, and the, the first alarm would go off. I'd be like, snooze, go back to sleep. The second one comes on, I'm like, eh, I don't, I, I'll do it later. I'll, 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 I'll read my Bible and pray later on. And I would, I would do that a lot. I would, I would do it almost every day. And then soon, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to, I was getting, I was convicting myself. I was like, I need to change this. So the first alarm that I would put up is like, take up your cross. Like, just convict me. Like, as soon as I wake up, like, take up your cross. I'm like, it was, it was either like, you serve God or you sin. So I was like, it was like, take up your cross. Like, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and not do it. That's what I basically did. And so I set up a schedule. If, uh, in my mind, sometimes I would go, okay, if I, if I, if I miss prayer or, or reading my Bible, I was like, I'll do it whenever I get home. And then whenever I get home, I'm tired from work. I'm like, I was like, I don't want to read my Bible today. I was like, I was like, I don't want to pray today. So I'm like, I'll do it in the morning. And then whenever the morning comes, I'm like, ah, snooze, snooze, snooze. And it would just be an endless cycle of me doing that. I don't know if you'll ever struggle with that. I might be the only one. <laughs> so, yeah, the struggle was real. So it does not happen by accident. Like, your Christian walk is never by accident. It's always intentional. Because God was totally intentional whenever he sent his son to die on the cross for you. He was, so why can't you be intentional in your Christian walk? It's never by accident. He, he's always there, and he's, and he's always waiting for you to be intentional in everything that you do. In 1 Corinthians 9.24, or 26 it is, it says, Therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So that's what I want to focus on is 26. It says, I do not run like someone aimlessly. That's basically what you do. If, if you say it happens by accident, my Christian walk happens by accident, you're treating it like maybe if I just I run aimlessly, I don't have a, a goal in mind. If maybe I just go to Wednesday night services or just Sunday services, and I'm not intentional in what I do and not setting up a schedule, not reading my word, that basically you are not drawing near to God so he can't draw near to you. God meets you where you are, but you have to pursue him. So the, the third step in being consistent is uh, the third, like how do I become sold out through discipline, is being consistent. Is being consistent through it all. And that's, I struggled with that for a while is being consistent and how, I mean, you can pre, you can read your Bible, you can pray as many times as you can, but are you going to be consistent in that? Are, are you going to do that daily? Sometimes I would be like, okay, if I do it every other day, 
I'm okay. But God wants your heart every single day. He, he wants you to be consistent in everything that you do. And b- basically, lukewarm Christianity is w- what I knew for a long time. Is is because it's not consistent. It's I'm going to go to Sunday services and I'm going to go to Wednesday services. I'm going to lift my hands and then Thursday I'm going to do whatever I want. And that's what I did. And and God told me He's like I'm like God, where are you? When, something uh, something happened to me, and I was like God, where are you? Like where were you when this happened? Where, and I know a lot of people ask that question. I'm like, where were you when this happened? And he's like, where were you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? And he's like, where were you when this happened? He's like, why didn't you meet me? And then whenever you were in trouble, I can meet you. And it reflected my life. He's like, maybe you went to the Wednesday services, but that did nothing. Raising your hands on a Wednesday service did nothing for you Thursday. Because you're not living it out. You're not being consistent in everything that you do. Cool. And uh, I lived a... <laughs> I just spilled my water. And I lived... Uh, there's a thing called a camp cycle or a conference. It, it doesn't really matter. What I would do is I would go to an encounter. I would go to... I know we had 412 encounters. Some of you grew up with me. You know about those. But... Some what you would do is you'd go to encounter, you'd feel the presence of God, you would feel an encounter with God, and you would be like, all right, I want to do something for God. And you're like, I want more, I want more of God. And then you wouldn't do anything after that. It would just, I mean, you would read your Bible for like a, like two weeks, three weeks. You would pray, you would be like, I'm going to read 10 chapters a day. Like, <laughs> you're like, I'm going to do it. And, and then everyone's like, okay, you go ahead and do that. And then you hit a low point in your life because then it, one day you just stop. You just stop, you just stop reading your word, you stop praying. It's, it's subtle, but it's, it's not drastic. And it's being consistent in everything that you do. It's having a drive, it's being intentional, and also being consistent. And then you would hit a high point, and then you would hit a low point. And that's lukewarm Christianity is, is not knowing if you're gonna be extremely into God, or you're just gonna be like, ah, I'll put God on the back burner, like that kind of thing. So Revelations three, fifteen through 16, it says, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot, cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And God, whenever, it's funny seeing uh, people, they're like, God wouldn't say that. I'm like, you should read the Old Testament. Like, I'm like, he says a lot of things like that where, he, he puts people in their place. He's a loving God, but he also knows how to tell them off, like that kind of stuff. He, he, he knows how to get to your heart. That's what I want to try to say. And so you got to be, you have to be consistent. It's not lukewarm Christianity. It's just normal Christianity. And uh, it's not radical to believe in God and, and act on it. And for the fourth answer to how do I, okay, the first, the first one was you have to stay focused. You have to have your eyes on the prize to be sold out through discipline. The second was be intentional. The third one was be consistent. And the fourth one, I think, is the most vital part is you have to have the maturity to actually apply it to your life. I, I know I say uh, the, the fourth one, it, it, it all intertwines together. It's have the maturity to apply it to your life. And for the, uh, the definition of insanity, I think it goes well with this. It says it's, you're doing the same thing over and over again and accepting <clears throat> and, and not Accepting, expecting, sorry, expecting a different result. 
you're basically living an insane lifestyle. I would go to God. I'd be like, God, I, I didn't, I didn't pray. I didn't worship. I didn't worship you today. I didn't, I didn't read my Bible. Why, why didn't you show up when this happened? Like, why didn't, why didn't he's like, and then he says, where were you when this happened? He's like, where were you whenever you were doing well? Were you pursuing me and all that you do? And I was, that, that humbled me completely. But I want to share with you as, as church kids, as, as, even if, even if you weren't raised in church, that you're responsible for your own spiritual walk. You're responsible for your own life. God isn't responsible for your life and what you do with Him. God's not gonna, I mean, He's gonna pursue you, but you have to pursue Him as well. It's, it's a mutual relationship. It's, it's being compared to as a, as a marriage. And you're responsible for your own walk. And believe it or not, that you are actually preaching something. I know I'm preaching right now. But every single one of you in this room is actually preaching something. Whether you're Christian or not, you're preaching something. And it's either of your own values or it's God or it's, or it's the devil. Either it's one foot out, one foot in. And you're preaching, and you're like preaching your, your, a lifestyle of God because actually you live what you preach. And so many Christians, they, they, their words are not meeting their actions. And that, that's what gives us a bad name. And so what I, I want to share with you as church kids, as, as just Christians in general, is that you, you have to live what you preach in everything that you do. And I, I want to share with you a scripture. It's Hebrews 5.12. <clears throat> it says, in fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary, elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish, to distinguish good from evil. And so, I, w- I just want to sh- share a story with you, just, just think in your mind for a second. Is, okay, you want to, uh, <laughs> is that, you, you, okay, you have, you have your friends, and you love, like, I, l- I have my friend Joseph, and I love to go eat at his house. But let's just say you have a best friend, and you want to go hang out with them. He's like, hey, come eat at my house. You're like, all right, man. Like, we can play video games, do whatever. Just go on Instagram. I don't know what teenagers do nowadays. But, <laughs> but you, you, just, you just hang out with them. I'm too busy to, to hang out with people now, but whatever. Uh, you, you just hang out with your friends. You, 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 and then he's like, hey, man. He's like, here's a bunch of food. And he gives it to you. He's like, hold on. He's like, I'm, I'm hungry as well. So you're like, all right. And then he goes into the other room, and his mother or her mother is actually breastfeeding him. I know, shock value. No, but uh, <laughs> you're, actually eating, you're actually eating solid food, and he's still being nursed by his mother. And that, as about as ridiculous as that is, that's exactly what we do whenever we have to be taught the elementary truths of, of the Bible, of, of salvation, over and over and over again, is... Are, are we still struggling with sin? Because that, that's forgiveness and sanctification is just an elementary truth of our faith. And not knowing, it says, uh, by constant use, you have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So not knowing good from evil results from lack of discipline, lack of self-control. And Proverbs 25, 28, it says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. And in the old times, there was actually, uh, in, you know, I don't know if you all heard about Jericho, but the walls came tumbling down, and that's whenever they invaded. So whenever walls are broken through back in the day, that was their, their, that was their self-defense. 
That was their first line of defense was have huge walls. And then that was, it was harder for an army to come in and invade. So that's just like it says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. As a person who lacks self-control, you can be easily invaded by the devil or, or temptation whenever you lack self-control in everything that you do. It's easily it's easy to be invaded. It's easy to be uh, it's easy to be tempted and then given to the temptation. Whenever you lack self-discipline, whenever you lack discipline in your Christian walk, it's easy to completely forget about God. It's easy to be a lukewarm Christian, like I said before. It's easy to forget those things whenever you're not constantly in your word, constantly praying every single day, being stay, staying focused, being intentional, being consistent, and have the maturity to apply self-discipline to your life. It's so much easier to give into willful sin, and that's what makes, whenever you fall into willful sin, you don't want to practice discipline. You don't want to practice, because you're going to feel unworthy in order to read your Bible, in order to pray. You're going to feel unworthy whenever you're, you're trapped in willful sin. You know, whenever, uh, as a, as a, as one, uh, as a hypocritical Christian that I was, uh, before, I would, I would, I would, I would proclaim God, I would proclaim everything, and I was in willful sin. And, uh, I wouldn't do anything outside of that. Basically, I was just, like, if, uh, every, if everyone is entrapped, just like they say that we're free, Christians are supposed to be free, from all bondages and sin. Basically, I was holding up a key and then locking myself in with them and then bragging about I have a key, yet not opening the door for me or the other person. That's basically what I was doing. I was, I was bragging that, man, I have the key to the jail cell. Like, I can give, get us both out of here. And he's like, are you going to use it? No. <laughs> basically, I'm, I'm not going to use this, but look what I got. That's basically what hypocritical Christianity is about. Like, look at this key. It's the key to your salvation. It's the key to your your freedom. Yet, I'm just going to put it in my back pocket and not tell you, just brag about it. That's all I'm going to do. And then you're going to learn, and they can't take it from you. You have to give it to them. So they just, they're going to start to hate you because they're going to know that you have the freedom and you're not going to tell them about it. You're just going to judge them even whenever you're in the same prison cell as they are. So, just like uh, a city is is easily invaded by something, as the devil is evil is easily able to tempt you with woeful sin, is uh is if you lack discipline, that's how it happens. So whenever they started this sold out series, Pastor Elijah did. I always I had this illustration in my head before I knew I was gonna preach this message, and I as before I was talking about movies, but I wanna I wanna go back to the movies illustration. Is I, I like sometimes I go to the midnight premieres of movies, and sometimes I wouldn't reserve a ticket, so they would uh, it would always say like sold out or something like that, and I'd be like, oh, I gotta go home, <laughs> and like I wouldn't reserve a ticket, I I, I wouldn't do anything like that, and I, it got in my mind that all of us are like the movie theater, like we're like the movies that people go see, and sometimes it's sold out. You are always sold out either through God through yourself or through Satan or, or the, the enemy. It's never going to be, uh, you have little room for, for God, for something else, for this. You, God requires you to be sold out fully in Him. He, he requires you to, like, not leave any room, any chairs for anything but Him. 
And that's what I would do for a while. That's that hypocritical Christianity is God give, giving God 99 of the chairs and saving one for yourself. It was saying, God, you can have all of this. And, and then pointing to everybody and like, look at all that I got. Look at all that I gave God. And then in the corner, hide whatever holds you the most in your heart. It's like giving God 99% of it and the 1%. He's saying, I don't care about the 99% because that 1% holds you more than anything else. And so God, he's, he's saying that if you give all of this to me and then you're holding all of this back, you're holding one thing back, but it's, it's got the biggest grip on you, then you can't be set free because you believe that his freedom sets you free from this, yet you want to hold this back from him. And that's lukewarm Christianity. And that's what I, I've dealt with before. And I don't know where your Christian walk is right now. But you can be set free from that. You, you have to have a committed relationship with God. Okay. So <laughs> your actions actually have to meet your words. And as I talked about living what you preach, if, if you say, I believe in God, and you, and you go to school and you, and you just start cursing up a storm, if, if you just believe what you want to believe and not reflect what God has given you, reflect everything that God has set you free from, yet you go and, and you tell a dirty joke at school. You tell, I'm just going to give examples, as I, I've done before, is you don't follow God according to what his will is for your life. And, okay. So being sold out through discipline is actually one of the primary objectives for your Christian walk is, is stepping out on, in faith and being consistent in everything that you do. And the, the four illustrate, the four answers that I had to becoming sold out through discipline is number one, staying focused. Number two is having, yeah, number two is being intentional. Number three is being consistent. Number four is having the maturity to apply it to your own life. And I would just like everybody to close, like stand up so I can close. So as I was saying, you have to live what you preach. You have to, your actions have to meet your, your words. You have to do everything that you can. Not that it's, it's a religion kind of thing, but you have to pursue God in everything that you do. I just want to share a story with, I just want to share a story with you while we close. You can turn off the lights. Is, I, I would like everyone to have their attention and not, no one talk to the, another person. But I heard this story and then it, 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 it rocked my heart was there's a physics teacher in a, in a college and everyone loved this physics teacher. He was, he was the best, col- he was the best college professor that they, they ever had. Everyone loved him. He, he was, he was so good with his students. He was so good with communicating with them. He loved demonstrations. He would, they believed anything that he told them because they know that he wasn't going to lie to them. They believed any, any problem that they have. They believed that he was telling the truth in everything that they, that he did. So one day he, he had, to, he had to teach him about pendulums. I don't know if you know what a pendulum is, but it's basically it's a string attached to a ball, and he was teaching them that they swing at ever-decreasing arcs. So basically it starts right here, and it goes lower and lower and lower, and eventually stops. So he's like, after he told them that, without proving it at all, they all he's like, how many of you believe that pendulums swing at ever-decreasing arcs? Every single person raised their hand. He says, okay, that's awesome. So the next day, the next class they had, he's like, how many of you believe that pendulums swing at ever-decreasing arcs? Every single person raised their hand. He's like, okay, now I'm going to prove it. 
He goes and writes the problem down. He goes and writes it down mathematically, science. He's like, how many of you believe that pendulums swing at ever-decreasing arcs? They're like, now that they saw it and it was proven, they, they all raised their hands and they said, yeah, I believe that. So he's like, awesome. He's like, I, I, I love that y'all believe that. So the next day, the next class they had, he said there, there was a chair right in, in, right in front. And there was actually, they were setting up, as, as everyone was walking in, they were setting up a chain. And they were setting up a, a steel ball. It was about 20 pounds, a huge steel ball. And he's like, how many? He's like, y'all remember what we were talking about? Pendulums swinging at ever-decreasing arcs. And they're all, he's like, how many of you believe this? And they all raise their hand, having no doubt that they actually swing at ever-decreasing arcs. So he says, okay, I'm going to do a demonstration, because he loves doing demonstrations. He loves seeing what his students think about it. What he decided to do, he's like, okay, someone's going to stand up right here, and they're going to attach the ball, and they're going to put it right here on their chin, and then they're going to let go, and it's going to swing, and they can't move. He's like, if it hits right here, he's like, everyone believes that they swing in ever-decreasing arcs, right? Every person raised their hands. He's like, he's like, okay. He's like, since we all believe that, who's going to be the first one to step up? Not one single person raised their hand. Not one single person decided to risk it, even though they believe that their physics teacher was true in everything that he did. He was honest. He was pure at heart. He was able to, to prove to him that he wouldn't lie to them. The risk that they had to do was they're going to put a steel ball right here and believe that they would swing an ever-decreasing arc and chance it. And they, none of, not one single person in that class decided to chance it. And that's exactly what we do. That's exactly what we do in a Christian walk. Is we believe God, we profess God, we say, yes, God, God is good. God, God is able to heal us from all wounds. God, God is able to heal our, our relationships. And then he's like, he's like, God can use me. God can put a fire in me that I'm able to profess God in everything that I do. And then whenever God says, okay, step up, he's like, stand on the chair and risk it. He's like, chance it. Are you going to give God, is, the, just imagine that seal ball is your reputation. He's like, are you going to chance that? Are you going to chance the reputation that you have maybe at school, maybe at work, at, at your home, your home life, your family, your friends? He's like, are you going to chance that right now and able to stand up and have the faith and the actions to meet your words? Are you going to have the discipline to meet that? And that's exactly what we do. We, we, we're able to raise our hands and say, yes, I believe that. I believe that God is able to... to give me all of his promises and he's like but you have to do something to meet that he says I pursue you but you have to pursue me he says draw near to me as I draw near to you and we don't do that I would like everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads right now if me before you, you pursue a relationship with God before before you are sold out through discipline first we had we had four sold out Series. You have to be sold out through Christ. You have to have a relationship with God. You need to be committed and a Christ follower, a disciple for Him. And maybe you haven't, you've been slacking off. Maybe you haven't been doing the, the things that you should be doing and you know it. God, God is saying right now that He's able to renew you, transform you. And if, if you've been dealing with not following God, maybe you even haven't gone into a relationship with God I would just like if, if that's you if you'd like to raise your hand I'm not going to embarrass you I'm not going to call you out or anything if you just like raise, raise your hand 
And then we're going to be able to pray for you, maybe, and you come up to the altar. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. The second question I would like to ask you is, are you completely committed to being sold out through discipline? I know myself, I need to, it's never just I've reached the peak of Christianity. I've reached my discipline mark where I can, there's no more room for me to become better. There's always more room for you to become better in your Christian walk. There's always more room for you to become better in your anointing, better in your presentation of the gospel. It's always more that you can give God. And if you would like to be more sold out through discipline, I would like you to raise your hands. Raise both of them. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. If, if that's you and you like to be sold out through discipline, I want you to make a bold step. It's commitment. It's, it's all your responsibility. I, I know I said your, your Christianity, your, your spiritual walk is for you alone. You're responsible for your own life. But if you're raising your hand or if you have raised your hand, I would like you to come to the altar and just dedicate your life once again to God and saying, God, I'm going to be committed to following you. It could be a leader. It could be just, it could just be a, a student. It doesn't matter who it is. If you want to be sold out through discipline, I, I'm going to ask you to come up and our leaders can come and pray for you. But don't come up here if you're just going to come up and you're going to live how you want to live after that. you got to be committed to following God in everything that you do. And that's why I want to pray for every single one of you right now. And, and, and as soon as leaders are done praying for these people, everyone that's standing right there, you're dismissed. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.